Thank you once again for listening to Otaku Beef. My name is Zid Raw, Z-I-D-R-A-W-V. And I thank you for tuning in, for taking two minutes out of your day to peep any content that I make. I want to give a special shout out to everybody that has favorited the station, including War Room, Senpai Strength, and Bureau of Impact. I appreciate and love everybody. If no one's told you that they love you today, know that I do. I hope everybody's having a fantastic day. Today we're going to be talking about some stuff when it comes to fantasy books because that's one of my other loves. And I think we're going to indulge. So stay tuned. We're going to get into it right now. That was Otaku Us by me, Zid Raw. One of the more fun tracks that I kind of threw together. For those of you who don't know, I'm an aspiring rapper, I'm an aspiring otaku, and I'm an aspiring human being. And I'm working every day diligently at all three things. My current project is I'm putting out a song a week. So I'm banking as many songs as I can, not being so precious, giving people as much as they can actually ever positively listen to. My last song, which I don't have on iTunes yet, is on my SoundCloud. It's called Phony. It's about video game gamers. It's about being isolated. It's about being depressed. And uh, it has a lot of pixelated tunes, which I really like. So if I get a couple of uh, follow-ups on that, I may make a music video for that, which I, I want the homie to direct it. Um, I think it's good times. My other song that you just heard was Otaku uh, Us, where it, you know, it kind of like catalogs what it's like to be an otaku, like myself as I've been uh, for so many years, or at least I've tried to be. So, thank you so much for listening to Otaku Beef. I'm having so much fun making this podcast, and uh, yesterday I had a good time talking about Game of Thrones, everything that's kind of going on with Game of Thrones, and the amazingness of the season, and I hope that you guys really had a good time and got a kick out of it. So today, I really wanted to talk about some literature. I haven't read any new fiction books in, in, in a little while. Uh, there's a, been a couple of books that I've been wanting to pick up. I wanted to pick up Neil Gaiman's book called uh, Mythology or Norse Mythology or something like that, where he kind of does a deep dive. And I'm 100% ecstatic to read anything that Neil Gaiman writes, basically. Uh, the only Neil Gaiman stories that I haven't read are the kind of like the short story humorous ones that he wrote with Terry, uh, was it Terry Goodkind? No, no, not Terry Goodkind. Um, Good Omens. And um, I believe the same author that he wrote Good Omens is the one who uh, wrote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy uh, with him. So that's the only Neil Gaiman story I haven't really read. But the other Gaiman books... I think are fantastic. I think he's a, a master storyteller. Some of his works of fiction are just perfect little moments of beauty that, you know, really brighten up an otherwise, you know, ordinary or boring life. The ocean at the end of the lane comes to mind. Um, Stardust is another amazing work of fiction, which they had a movie for, which has Robert De Niro in it randomly. Um, and it also has Charlie Cox, who now plays Daredevil. He was the lead in Stardust. So 
I want to talk about one of my favorite authors, Brandon Sanderson. For those of you who read fantasy on the regular, if you read fantasy, there are certain names that just kind of always come up because those are the leaders when it comes to fantasy. There's Joe Abercrombie, who wrote the first Law Trilogy. There's Brandon Sanderson, who writes Mistborn. And the other, which I'm going to get into. There's Patrick Rothfuss, who writes the um, King Killer Chronicles. First two books are out, uh, The Name of the Wind and Wise Man's Fear. And there are others, kind of in that same vein. Um, but those are kind of the leaders. I mean, there there is the Night Angel trilogy, which was uh, really good, about almost like magic assassins, like even more magic than like Arya from Game of Thrones. And obviously, George R. R. Martin is kind of like he's kind of like the the the, the grandfather of of that group. But Brandon Sanderson is one of the authors that I just respect to a ridiculous degree. I think Brandon Sanderson's talent is his insane work ethic. Brandon Sanderson always knew that he wanted to be a fantasy author. He just always knew because he always read and that's what he loved more than anything in life. He's on record as stating that when he was trying to get published, he knew he wanted to write for Tor. And so he sent them a book, and then they didn't like it. And then he sent them another book, and then they didn't like it. He kept writing new books and sending them in, and he got rejected. He got rejected 12 times on 12 separate books before Elantis, E-L-A-N-T-I-S, got picked up. He kind of experienced those ups and downs of books that he thought were good, but actually weren't, which he realizes now in retrospect. Books that he thought the publisher would like. So he's like, well, I'm going to write this book because this is what's popular. And they rejected because they probably weren't good or didn't have the soul. And eventually he was able to find, you know what, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out on my own terms. This is what I like, so this is what I'm going to write. And Elantis, that was the book that got him through the gates. And Elantis is not a perfect book by any means. But it, it shows that first spark of that Brandon Sanderson brilliance that kind of came through. And after Elantis, he went nuts. Once he was in the door, he was like, I'm going to prove to you that I belong here. He started going crazy. He wrote the Mistborn series, which has some of the most interesting um, magic systems out of any of his stories. And that's kind of where he's uh, a genius, is that he likes to design magic systems to where the magic almost operates under scientific premises where the magic system in, say, um, the Mistborn trilogy, it's almost like alchemical. So what certain characters can do is they can use powers based on 
whether there is metal around. They can kind of control metal almost like telekinetically, but only if it's metal. So they can, he can race all these different concoctions where people will, will have like little metal grounds liquid that they'll swallow to give them power, or they will be able to bounce off of the different metal throughout the city depending on where they're located, stuff like that. Very precise, specific, mechanical magic that a lot of other types of people just wouldn't, wouldn't do, wouldn't bother. And as he's writing these books, he also wrote, um, he wrote the novelization of the Infinity um, Blade, which is a, um, it's a, it's a mobile game for the iPad that was made by uh, Dude Huge, Cliff Blazinski. He wrote a bunch of short stories and he was teaching at BYU. He was teaching creative writing at BYU. So this is a guy who's doing more than your average person anyway. But what I want to talk about is his is his 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 magnum opus, or what's going to go down in history as his magnum opus. Oh wait, I didn't even mention that he picked up the and continued writing the Wheel of Time series after the author passed. Wheel of Time is one of the biggest fantasy series ever. The books are magnificently huge. And he was a massive fan. When the author passed, they needed someone to kind of end the story. And not only did he end the story, but he ended and expanded upon the story. He ended the story, added extra books, fully fleshed them out even further. And so the Wheel of Time series got like three or four more entries because of him. All while he was writing his own stuff and teaching. The man is a machine. And he's a very kind person. He came through Dallas... Uh, some years back, when his first major book, The Magnum Opus, came out, and I had a chance, or he signed my copy, and he was very kind and polite to everybody, and he just, he's just a very nice human being. He's one of those people that I just respect in the utmost, and when I see that he's finally putting out his book that he's been wanting to write forever, this is the book that he's been working on for 10 years. He wanted to do a 10-book series. He wanted to make it... Uh, grander and bigger than any other fantasy series he's ever read. I can't wait. The Stormlight Archives is a book series that Brandon Sanderson has been working on before he ever had a career, before he knew he was going to make it, when you were just experiencing that moment of, I'm going to write the next great thing. This is what he was coming up with. Brandon Sanderson, threw everything that he had into this book, every idea, every concept, and it, it shows. The book is massive. The series is going to be huge. It's going to be 10 books. The first of the series, The Way of Kings, is over 1,000 pages. The second in the series is 1,000 pages, and the third is promising to be about the same. This is a book series that blew me away, and it's the only book series I listen to in audio form. Whenever I listen to a new book, I can only listen to nonfiction books because you have, you're informed by the nature of the author whenever you're doing that. I tend to only like it for nonfiction because in fiction, 
whenever I'm reading a book, I have voices and ideas and notions in my head about the characters. I like them to be solidified prior to outside influences kind of being injected into kind of what I'm doing. So Brandon Sanderson's books, though, the the audiobooks are so well done, they're just a delight. And I, I, I feel great about listening to them all the time. So I have my Audible account ready because the third book is coming out in November. And that's part of the reason why I really wanted to talk about this series is because, one, I'm excited. Two, it's one of those book series that I feel like if you read fantasy on any level, if you have graphic novels on any level or any of that stuff, you need to read these books. If you haven't read a book in a long time because you find them boring, but every now and then you read comic books, you need to read these books. If you read the book series, if you read the comic book series saga, if you like fantasy in any level, if you like Game of Thrones, you need to read these books because they offer another aspect to fantasy, which I can't wait till it becomes celebrated. Brandon Sanderson writes high fantasy. And what's the difference between high fantasy and low fantasy? So books like Game of Thrones, that's low fantasy, where it could be confused with historical fiction other than the slight bits of magic. You have a couple of moments from Melisandre. You have the dragons, but they act more like animals. It's not like there's magic permeating in everywhere. There aren't really wizards that are out on the battlefield shooting uh, electricity from their fingertips. There's none of that. Low fantasy is more about just the people and it's grimy and gritty. Like Joe Abercrombie has kind of like leaned more toward low fantasy the further he goes on. But high fantasy, there's magic everywhere. The worlds can be conceived as almost alien worlds. They don't necessarily 100% match up with what's going on in the real world. And that's what's so brilliant about Brandon Sanderson and his work is that he takes the impossible and he makes it probable. He creates vast universes. And I mean that literally. Not just worlds, universes, and then fits his fiction into specific worlds. The worlds are just thought out, they're fully fleshed out, they're deconstructed, and everything fits the T. And this is his magnum opus. This is going to be the series that everyone's going to be reading for the next 30, 40 years. It's that good. And what's so crazy about it is that people in fantasy fiction know it, but the average populace does not. And when they do, they're going to be in for a world of surprise simply for the fact that it's not going to be anything that they're used to. It's not going to be anything that they thought that they may or may not want, but it's going to be the series that they need. I just can't wait to dig into the new book, but before the new book comes out, before it comes out in November, I 100% want to talk a little bit about what makes this series so great and try not to spoil too much of it because I think we can do a spoiler-free discussion about why you need to read this series and why I love it so much. Thank you for continuing to listen to Otaku Beef. I'm Zid Raw. I'm having a great time producing lots of work, having lots of discourse, 
we're discussing Brandon Sanderson's Stormlight Archives, which I feel is going to be the fantasy series that people talk about in the next decade. One of the things that makes it so amazing is just the depth and the breadth. I'm going to do my best to keep this as spoiler-free as possible, and instead of talking about plot points and what's going to happen to the main characters, I'm just going to talk about the work itself. Not get too into it, but just kind of hit you with why I feel like this is an important work of fiction. It's very difficult for someone to tell a story with a big cast. One of the problems with creating a superhero movie with a lot of characters, like just say the X-Men, right? You have Logan, Wolverine, you have Cyclops, you have Storm, you have Gambit, you have Jubilee, on and on and on. And there's a reason why those types of stories are best suited for television series and comic books, is because you can share the screen time, I guess, as it were, a little bit easier, you can 100% focus on certain characters for, like, certain amount of issues, and then other characters, they can take the back burner, and then, like, the next episode, or the next, uh, the next episode, or the next issue, The next episode or the next issue, there's plenty of time to focus on the other characters. So maybe Gambit and Wolverine will have their own story arc. And then maybe Rogue and Wolverine will do something. And he just sort of goes, comes and goes like that. But when you try to cram them into, say, um, a movie, there's just not enough time to go around to really develop Nightcrawler and Storm and... Sabretooth and Beast and Wolverine and so forth and so on, there's just not enough time. So what movies do is that they tend to focus on one or two characters and the rest becomes the backdrop. Now, think about this. Imagine if you had all the time in the world to develop the characters. Well, you think that that would be a good thing, right? Not necessarily. When you have all the time in the world, it's very easy for you to meander and for you to basically create a pile of, a pile of crap because you'll spend too much time on an interesting plot point, too little time on developing characters, you'll get away from the plot, and then you'll have a big bloated mess. Now imagine that you didn't do that and you had all the time in the world. If you had all the time in the world and you really knew how to develop character and you really knew how to tell a story at a very slow, measured pace. That's the brilliance. Brandon Sanderson has hundreds of characters. Hundreds, plural, in just the first book alone. He's planning on writing a ten-book series on showing not even just a deep cast of characters, because it's not like he's telling you every character within, like, one army or something. But it's, like, characters within certain sections of the world that we only even see for a brief period of time. He's got these moments, which I thought he brilliantly called interludes, where 
he will essentially scan to a different part of the world and just tell a brief miniature short story about these characters. I'm talk I mean, we're talking character depth that you just don't see anywhere else. And to be able to do it to such an extent and keep our attention and give everybody their fair shake, like their fair due, he's a master storyteller, which is evident if you watch any of his how to write videos on uh, his website. The depth of character and the fact that there's so much space, the breadth of the world, there aren't many people who can do that to that extent and do it well. I think it just speaks to the amount of care that Brandon Sanderson has, not only for his own story, but for the medium. One of the reasons why this film is, or this book series is so good is because of how much time and energy he's put into it. Some of the fiction that Brandon Sanderson has put out just doesn't quite have the, the, the polish that this one does. I've read his Mistborn series, which is very good. And I've read a couple of his other standalone novels. The novel where he had the the color magic where the uh, the richer you are the more colors you can see and experience and you know there's a talking sword that one was pretty good too but it still felt like he was really trying to solidify his voice as a writer now this particular series the uh, the first book the way of kings right from the right from the jump it just hits you with this solid nature and it's speaking to concepts that are wildly complex but he really takes the time and care to let you know this is not the same ordinary place that you're used to and he does this through action which kind of acts as exposition in explaining the magic system which is what he's there for so you have magic systems on top of magic systems but explained in a way where it really kind of like attaches you and associates you to what's going on. And that's kind of the problem that a lot of people have. When I read a lot of different fantasy series, one of the main problems they have is clarity. No matter what you're writing, no matter what story you're telling, your story has to be clear. It has to make sense. It has to be able to lead the user onward so that they know what's going on because they, the second they feel lost, there's a high potential that they're just gonna put the book down. They're just gonna be like, who cares? Why would I continue to force myself to try to read this? Either it's A, not engaging, or it's B, confusing. And there's a very high probability that a fantasy series can be confusing simply because not only are you telling a story, you're explaining things about the world. Why is the sky purple? Why can rocks talk? Why are you able to wield uh, magic? Why is that orb falling from the sky instead of rain? Why, 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 why? And when you have a super in-depth story like the uh, Stormlight Archives, the problem, you know, it expounds tenfold. 
But what Brandon Sanderson does is he makes it very clear. And this is about as far as I'm willing to get in in regards to that. Just because it's so, there's so many little details. Like the intrigue of, the intrigue of one character of the actual like um, the court entry it's just so different it's 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 so different that it has to be explained there's discrimination but it's not the real world discrimination people discriminate based on eye color there is it's 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 it's, it's literally like he's trying to pour the contents of a swimming pool into a paper cup there's so much going on and he does it so deftly and he does it so well that I just think it's just a, it's a tour de force it's one of those things where were anybody else trying to do the same thing I don't feel like they would have as much of a capacity skill or ability to be able to produce things to the same level that Brandon Sanderson does in his works of fiction now He's able to additional, in addition to coming up with the kind of wild, unique stuff, he's really able to connect us to the characters as human beings. I think that that's crazily important. I don't want to get too much more into that. I just think this is one of the best series that exists, books or otherwise. And I really think that if you haven't read it, read it. Man. Thank you guys so much for listening to Otaku Beef. I don't really have much more to say about Brandon Sanderson. He's just a brilliant uh, writer. I am going to be talking about the new book probably when it comes out. I'll probably like listen to it and then I'll do like my own spoiler review just because I love his work of fiction. I didn't really want to do a deep dive either because I feel like there's so much stuff involved in his work of fiction that I didn't really want to pinpoint it, but I think I will do a deep dive in regards to the King Killer Chronicles. But I, this is the first time really kind of talking about fantasy stuff. If you read fantasy books, let me know. Talk about it on here. Uh, in addition to that, I'm putting out a song a week. Uh, I have like so many chambered up, kind of ready to go. I'm going to put one up tonight on YouTube and on SoundCloud. So check that out. Go to my YouTube page, which is ZidRaw. Or go to my SoundCloud page, which is also ZidRaw. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at TheZidRaw. Or you can follow me at ZidRawTheWizard on Instagram. I love everybody. I hope you guys are doing fantastically. If not, your day tomorrow will be better. It's all about your mindset. Go do whatever it is you want to do. Don't wait. There's no time like the present. And yeah. This one's for the artist. I love you guys. And uh, I'm going to see if I can come up with some more topics. I'm almost done with Arrow's season. Uh, what are we on? Season 5. So I can probably talk about that a little bit tomorrow. And uh, I kind of want to talk some more about some music, the process, what we've been doing, how we've been putting some things together. But today I just wanted to talk a little Brandon Sanderson, a little bit about his work. Nothing too major. And we'll you know talk some more again tomorrow because I've been listening to a lot of stuff. I've been watching some interesting movies, listening to some great music. And uh, yeah, more power to everybody. Do you. Love you guys. Peace.